Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Let me tell you now about Marjorie Wildcraft, founder of the Grow Network, which is the world's premier community of folks who grow their own food, make medicine, and are becoming extraordinarily wealthy doing it. She's been featured as an expert in sustainable living by National Geographic, has hosted Mother Earth News online homesteading summit, and was honored by Reuters Food Sustainability Media Award. Marjorie, good to have you with us. Hi there. Hi, George. Yeah, thanks for having me back. When good we, to talk to you again. It, it is. You just had Christian on. He's going to join us for phone calls next hour with you. And this situation, is it, at, is it as dire as Christian is kind of portrayed? You know, I believe it is. Um, the grains, uh, you know, the animals that we eat are fed by the grains, and even Bloomberg is saying, you know, you can expect meat prices to rise by at least 30% beyond what they've already risen in 2020, just here in the next few months. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. I, You know, I'm, I was today, I was just trying to get a, a quart ball jar, right? I had a friend and. They used to be a dollar a piece. They're now three or four dollars a piece for just a canning jar. If Jeez. you them, you can't buy them, right? So we're in a situation. They've been pumping all this money out there. There's, we have not been producing food globally. Um, you know, we're we're in a situation where there's going to be inflation and hyperinflation, and and the food is 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 the thing that you're going to be the most interested in. If people can't get their food, we got some real problems. We sure do because. Uh, you know, that is the biggest thing that triggers, you know, violence, anger, rioting. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a direct correlation between the cost of food and the amount of violence in, a, in an area. Realistically, Marjorie, what can people do at home? The first thing, absolutely, is start stocking up on food. I mean, I'm all a big proponent about growing food, but honestly, like right now, you know, and whatever form of calories you can, you know, the classic or rice and beans and that kind of things. Whatever you can store up on, that's absolutely the first thing. Um, and then the second thing is, like, you know, uh, people don't realize that the skill hasn't really been, uh, we've, we've sort of lost it over the last generation or two. But one person with a backyard can grow about half of their own food in about an hour a day. And that's somebody who's, you know, still got a full-time job and kids and all the other commitments that they're doing. And I promise you that that will be the most pleasurable hour of your day. Um, and that's assuming you're a beginner. And, and then as you learn more and your skills and systems develop, you'll be able to produce a lot more. So, um, you know, realistically, if you've got one family member who's out of work, which I think almost everybody has that going on now, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, why don't you start working in the backyard and start growing food, you know? And what do you do? Store it? Can it afterwards? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of eating fresh, but, um, you know, definitely want to stock up on as much as possible. You know, what's really interesting right now, uh, one thing that I'm seeing is a lot of clients, I would call them mid-tier wealthy. They have a net worth of about a million to maybe $10 million. And they're like, hey, Marjorie, uh, I've just hired a person. She is going to uh, be working in my yard and producing food for me, and she runs the. They, they they send them through my academy and to learn all the stuff step by step, and you know they're building chicken coops and rabbit hutches and building garden beds, and they're like, yeah, uh, you know they're not they're not wealthy enough to buy their own farms like Bill Gates, but <laughs> but people are catching on that this is a big crisis uh, that that we are knee deep into, uh, and and really this it's time it's time to start growing food. Bill Gates is buying up a lot of farmland, isn't he? 
Yeah, they just announced uh, recently, uh, I think it's 242,000 acres of prime farmland in the U.S. He's the largest private uh, landholder in the U.S. What's he doing with all of it? Yeah, you know, Christian has some really good answers to that. So I will let Christian answer that later on. But there's a lot of speculation because, you know, Bill Gates is also tied in with the World Economic Forum and the whole Agenda 2030 and everything else that's going on. So him being in control of a lot of the farmland also just is a testament that there is definitely something up with the food system. You you had just mentioned raising rabbits. What do people do with them? Well, the the actually raising rabbits is the most amount of calories that you can raise with the least amount of work. Um, you know, uh, it's it's uh, you know you can have a buck and three breeding does. You can have them in your backyard in the in a in a space that's about the size of a parking space and produce about seventy five rabbits a year there. Um, one rabbit is very equivalent to a chicken. It's like you can everything you do in your chicken recipes you can use uh, rabbit meat for. So. You know, think about 75 rabbits a year. That's about like having a, a chicken and a half a week. Do you have to um, butcher your own rabbit? You know, George, butchering used to be small game, used to be a very common human skill. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, years ago when Mama said, go get me a chicken, she told the kids, go get me a chicken. She didn't mean go get me a chicken. She meant go get the chicken, kill it, take the feathers off. Process yeah, it, that's right. You know, bring it back in the kitchen. Everybody knew how to process small game. It's a, they, you know, they knew how to tie their shoes, you know. But, uh, so I know that we've gotten away from that, but it's a very simple skill that's very easy to learn. And, yes, you can do it. My dad uh, would have been 98 uh, yesterday. He uh, lasted until he was 88, which is a pretty darn good run. But when he was a little boy, Marjorie, he had a pet rabbit. One day he came home from school. They're all sitting around at the dinner table, and he can't find his pet rabbit anymore. Guess what was dinner? I guess I can see where that's going, yeah. You know, George, one of the other really great things about rabbits, and the last big time we had when rabbits were really very popular was in the 70s, when, you know, the 70s was as equally crazy a decade as what we're entering here, Um, although I don't think we're going to pull out of this the way we did pull out of the 70s. Um, And, uh, you know, there just makes so much sense. Uh, and the great thing is that they're small enough that you can, you know, keep them alive. You don't have to process it like, a, you know, trying to raise a family cow and then butchering that and processing it and storing it is a huge job. But you can basically eat your rabbits on demand. A lot of people are a little squeamish about doing that. So mm-hmm. what, what do they do? Yeah, well, uh, first of all, um, there's there may be somebody in their life that is not squeamish about that. I mean, there still is a good percentage of our population who are hunters that know how to do that. Um, other small farmers nearby know how to do that. Sometimes I have a friend who takes her dozen rabbits over to a small farmer that normally processes chickens, and he just processes the rabbits for her. Um, you know, and again, uh, when I first got into growing food, I actually was a raw vegan, and I had really? no desire to raise meat or kill meat or eat meat, but it really is the most calorically dense and nutritionally dense food that you can grow, and it's easier than any other food source. Um, so for the time that we're going into, this is, is is a skill you'll need to gain. Marjorie, when I was a kid, I used to raise frogs. That's one thing I won't eat because I raised them. I was too used to them, but I'm not sure I could eat a rabbit. I don't. I've never had rabbit. But uh, I, I'm not sure I could eat one. You know, um, 
you know, do you want to eat meat? Uh, do you want to eat? Actually, is really the the thing that we're talking about here. Uh, it, it's it's. I don't think that's going to be a luxury of a choice. I interviewed a lot of Cubans that survived the uh, special period that they had. Their economy plummeted sixty percent overnight. The average Cuban lost twenty pounds. Jeez. Um, so, you, are you talking about a total collapse of the food chain? I don't know how it's going to roll out, and Christian may have uh, better insights into that. But, you know, you can certainly talk to some Texans about that experience. Uh, you know, uh, more than half of the grocery stores in, in, in Texas were shut down. There's only about a four-day food supply in any given city in the United States. And if anything happens to disrupt that, yeah, you're, you're going to be really scraping for food. You're an advocate of f- raising food growing food that uh, develops calories. How come? Tell us why. Well, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense for you to grow a whole bunch of salad. I mean, I, I absolutely love having a garden as a component of this, but really uh, a calorie, you know, getting, I know, in the, you know, Americans, we've all been calorie phobic, right? Because we normally are getting so many empty calories and we're so obese, right? But really the calorie is about to become the new currency, and in, in terms of the new currency, it could be pretty darn valuable, I guess. Exactly. Growing your own food is like printing your own money, really. Uh, and also growing your own food is just deeply, deeply nutritious, which you actually can't get at a grocery store right now. The the, the food supply that, that is produced commercially is essentially devoid of nutrition. And, and growing your own can be absolutely deeply nutritious and Tasty, and it's a, it's an incredible change of life. Kind of uh, lay out a game plan for people who want to get started but don't know what to do. I'd recommend, first of all, work on getting a bunch of backup food supplies. Also, uh, go get some seeds. There's definitely been runs on seed companies. Right, right. Um, and, you know, and the, and the uh, advice there is get things that you, you like to eat. Um the other thing is, is I have a very simple three-system, three-part system on how to grow half of your own food. Start with those three parts, and that would be get a rabbit tree growing, get um, a small flock of laying hens, like six hens will lay about 1,500 eggs a year. That's a huge amount of food. And then a small garden, and I'm really only talking about 100 square feet. You know, you want to start reasonably small. That is small. That's like 10 by 10, right? Yeah, that's. That's right. You can fit all of this. Uh, each one of these components is really about the size of a of a of a, a parking spot. So you really can fit this into a small space. And it, it's the time. It, it's now. I mean, this is not like oh gosh, when I retire, I'm going to piddle around in the garden. No, we are in the middle of a crisis here. Our financial system is imploding right in front of our eyes. Our grid is ancient. Uh, you know, our medical systems, most of our government, nobody believes the media. You know, the whole thing right. is, is coming apart, right? We really are. And there's this incredible vulnerability by being dependent on the main systems for your own food. I got to tell you, in my day, it was fun growing a garden. I mean, I liked my tomatoes, and those are great when they're ripe. And uh, I, I really got a kick out of those green tomato worms that would show up all the time. I mean, those <laughs> things were big, weren't they? Thank you. Yeah, don't eat them. They taste terrible. Oh my god! That. But they but they are slow and they're the, kind of cute. They have little they have they have little faces on them too. They do. Yes. You know, George, what really uh, helped me was uh, so years ago I saw that this collapse was coming and I was completely freaked out. 
And through the process of growing food and becoming more self-reliant and learning to make my own medicine and learning these skills, it has really actually healed me. I mean, I'm very, very confident of going into this next period that we're headed into because I have these basic skills. Uh, and you're absolutely right. I, I do a series of interviews with um, business leaders, executives, that also grow their own food. And the main reason they do it, they say it's for the stress relief. Uh, they just love getting out there and getting in touch with the earth and eating those delicious tomatoes and taking fun glamour shots of their hens. <laughs> We've got a client, Marge, called My Patriot Supply that has storable food up to 25 years at stores. And uh, just an incredible concept because they've got just about, you know, what you need in terms of the staples, the pastas and, uh, you know, the dried fruits and things like that. And they've developed a process where it stores for 25 years. And I always recommend that people have – how long would you recommend? Let me ask you, what, what do you think the longest is? If someone's going to store food away, what do you do it for? For a week, for two weeks in terms of supply? Well, a, a month, a year, how far? I I would say for what we're going into, you would really you should really want to have a year supply. Uh, we're we're really headed into a crazy period, as Christian talked about, and this is intentional. Same with water too, I guess, right? This, yes, you want to you know make sure you have a way to filter water, a way to access water, several sources of water. Absolutely, that's pretty dramatic, and it's important. It's kind of fun for the kids, isn't it? You know what? That used to, you know, we are, our history is an agrarian, agricultural history, and kids used to have a lot of meaningful work in, in, in uh, you know, cutting firewood and collecting eggs and taking care of goats. And, you know, uh, they had real meaningful work. They weren't playing video games and, and, and complaining about life, right? There, there was, they were contributing to the family. They were contributing to the family's food supply. They were doing something that was very important, and uh, that's a big component of our families and our, our lifestyles that uh, we've lost. Absolutely. Our special guest is Marjorie Wildcraft. She's going to stick around for calls next hour with Christian Westbrook, whom you've just heard. He'll be coming back, and we're talking about uh, fighting our food supply and keeping it going. That was, And Christian kind of hinted that this was a planned famine. What do you think? You know, I... That first one I heard Christian talking about, that was a little dubious, but the more I've been listening to what he says and pointing out the evidence that he's been showing, I, I see that. I mean, it's just, it seems to me also this COVID experience was very much a planned thing, and uh, the the the, uh, the food supply having problems is, is, is another component of that whole plan. If you don't, Marjorie, have a backyard, maybe you live in an apartment or a condo, as a lot of people do, what do you do? A lot of lot of things there. I was one of our community was I was just writing to. We have a really active forums with a whole bunch of really experienced people. She was telling me that she raises quail in her uh, basement, and again, quail are like little bitty small chickens. They you can either raise them for eggs or raise them for the meat. Uh, she also grows fodder for them, so basically grows greens and forage that she feeds them. Uh, you can raise rabbits indoors. Um, there's also a lot of indoor growing systems. Um, there's opportunities to work for farmers in exchange for food. There's community gardens. You know, there's the whole rooftops. And, um, you know, I promise you, when you get hungry enough, you start looking around, you're going to find a way to do it. If it gets bad, how bad is bad? I mean, what's going to happen? You walk into a grocery store, or will you even be able to get in it? 
Well, you've already experienced that, haven't you? I oh, mean, yeah. It sure yeah, have. It's, it's, it's happened, and it just happened last week to, to a whole bunch of Texans. Um, you know, the, and the, the, the prices are, are going up. The, the, you know, the FAO is even saying, I forget what it is, 18%. The, the basic baseline food prices have gone up in just in the last eight, in, in the last eight months. So, uh, you know, there, even if there is food, you may not be able to afford it. Is it about, in your opinion, is this a money grab? You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, their agenda, gosh, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, maybe like, a, like I was listening on your break, um, you know, they're looking for global control. And isn't that that famous uh, Henry Kissinger statement that, you know, you control the food, you control the people? If they shut down today the stores, would you be prepared? Are you ready? I am, Yeah. I definitely have backup food supplies, and I have skills, um, you know, and I'm always growing food and wildcrafting food and uh, have a lot of neighbors and friends and good relationships with local farmers, community, uh, family. And, and those are really, those are really uh, it's, a, it's a form of wealth that we often have overlooked. Um, but but um, those kind of basic skills and, and those kind of networks and relationships are, are much more meaningful than, than money. There was an old Twilight Zone uh, episode called The Shelter of a family that owned a, a fallout shelter in the event of an atomic bomb. And the neighbors never had one, but they all knew that this family did. And there was an alarm that went off that sounded like there was a missile being launched. And everybody runs to the neighbor's house to try to get into his one family fallout shelter, of which there's no room for anybody other than this guy's poor family. And people are knocking down the door and everything else going crazy. If this situation really happens and you've got your garden and you're doing your thing, how are you going to keep your neighbors out? Well, you know, that's part of the reason that I tend to live in a rural area where there's a high percentage of people who already have these skills. Um, and I, I don't know if this is going to happen overnight, Um you know, I think it'll tend to be a slower thing that unfolds. Or, or some right. catastrophe hits. Yeah, or I guess there could be some catastrophe. And, you know, I mean, that's part of the reason I'm on the radio with you tonight, George. Like, this is the call. Like, this is the, this is the call. This is the time you need to get off the couch and start doing something, right? Like, you don't want to be in that situation. And the more of us that are prepared and are pro- proactive, in any collapse situation, it's astonishing who stands up and becomes a leader. Absolutely. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.